Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Time now for us to check in with Vaughn Palmer from the Vancouver Sun. Good morning, Vaughn. Good morning, Simeon. Could I just fact check? Something that you said mm-hmm. on the radio a little sure. while ago. Absolutely, everybody else does. So, so, am I correct that your high school teacher in grade twelve, Mr. Bowman. in order to introduce you to Russian history, played a song about <laughs> no. Russia's greatest love machine? <laughs> no, he didn't introduce us. We were doing a section on the Russian Revolution and all of that, and then somebody brought up the song, and so then we went through the song, and he said, you know what? It's fairly accurate. So the love machine part got left out. However, the rest of it, as he pointed out to us, he said, this is actually not a bad representation of what happened and a pretty good summary. It is, actually. And thank you for that video. It's a a wonderful song, and I I had to check this because I thought I remembered that Boney M had played Vancouver just before Christmas, a couple of years ago, at the Vogue Theater. And sure enough, this. they did. And uh, according to the review, the crowd went nuts when they <laughs> played Rasputin. So uh, just a great, uh, a great moment in, uh, what, 1970s culture, oh. disco culture, and Boney M is still going strong out there somewhere. When I hear that song occasionally pop up on the radio on some random station, I cannot tell you how excited I get. Yeah, so, no, yeah. it's, it's tremendously danceable. It's funny, you know. I mean, God, we should be careful how much we talk about the disco era, but um, it's it's kind of interesting. Disco ended with a big backlash, but it, it, as the time has passed, people are realizing that, like fun. every other era in popular music, it had its wonderful moments, <laughs> and right. those ones remain with it. They do, and thank you for appreciating that and not poo-pooing it like I thought you were going to, because I know how you feel about disco music, so thank well, you I very much. I was a music critic through that period, and I have happily forgotten the Ethel Merman disco album, but oh. some of the other stuff remains with it. Do you remember when Claudia Claudia Berry, Claudia Berry put out a red vinyl album. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I remember the disco version of Layla. Believe me, you don't <laughs> want to have heard that. Okay. Oh, I feel like this is a whole other topic for us. But yeah, let's... Well, we could do an entire show on it sometime, Timmy, but we are to. supposed to be talking about provincial politics. Yes. Okay. Let's do that because today is pretty significant that it feels yeah. like um, the health minister finally got in here and said, okay, we're going to have to do something about emergency services. Yeah. Yes, uh, finally, finally got the government's attention on this. And, you know, there has been some terrific reporting, I have to say, on Global uh, for several weeks now about people waiting unconscionable amounts of time for ambulance services. Uh, The government has been kind of... uh, Oh, a series of fallback excuses. Uh, Well, you know, we inherited a mess from the Liberals, which is a standard line. Oh, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Oh, you know, Premier had a new one yesterday. You know, we had a we had a once in a thousand years heat dome. Uh, Who knew we had to be prepared for that yesterday? He said that yesterday, and I sort of went. You know, if you just listened to Mark Madriga's weather reports, you knew this was coming, and you should have been ready for it. Exactly. Anyway, the Adrian Dix got asked about it yesterday in the announcement on the Richmond Hospital, and John Horgan got asked about it, and they both said, 
announcement coming today. Now, we haven't seen a, a press conference. We haven't seen a media alert yet, but apparently today we're finally, after weeks of reporting about troubles in the ambulance service and emergency services, we're going to get a makeover. Do we know what that entails? Well, from the hints that were dropped yesterday, uh, I think obviously staffing and resources are coming. Uh, Dix said that the government's drive has been to move uh, ambulance services from too much reliance on temporary, part-time, uh, not permanent work to permanent staffing, permanent resources. So that's good. The premier took a shot at the problem longstanding, uh, particularly in rural services, where essentially if you were a paramedic, you only got paid if there was paid very much if there was an emergency call. You'd be on call. If there were no calls during your shift, no ambulances required, you got paid two bucks an hour. And the, the problem that it created in ambulance services was that the government would train people to be paramedics, and they would then go off and get a, a better job uh, with emergency services elsewhere. They'd be hired by a fire department or by police, other places that needed someone with that level of training, simply because the pay was better. And the other thing was you could be sure of staying in your community. If you got hired as a paramedic, uh, you might get posted somewhere other than, you know, your community where you lived. Whereas if you went to work for the local fire department, obviously you needed other qualifications too, but if you went to work for the local fire department, you got to stay in your community. So there was a recruitment problem, a staffing problem, a baby boomers retiring problem and all that. So it, it, they finally appear to be jumping in to deal with it. Um, there's a rumor as well there may be a shake-up in emergency services, Simi. As you know, oh. there's a petition out there calling yes. for the ouster. I don't know if one person is the person to blame for this, but it wouldn't be the first time that the government decided to toss someone under the bus in order to say we're dealing with this. I think a lot more than that needs to be done. And I think, as I said, um, the thing that really jumps out to me in this, Simi, is that uh, it's the news coverage that finally got the government's attention on this. It's, it's the first thing on which we've heard the government stop making excuses and actually dealing with the problem. It just seemed that there was no excuse. I think a lot of people had that feeling for not, as you pointed out, knowing this was coming and then the response to it afterwards. It just seems like one mess after another. Yeah, and it, it's all mixed up together because the the problem with ambulance service and the, and the reporting on that bears this out, predates uh, both the heat wave and the wildfire crisis. Uh, it's been there for some time. Uh, the other thing that we've seen is, you know, some really serious horror stories. Uh, Dix said yesterday uh, when people call 911 for an ambulance, they should expect an ambulance will arrive. Well, yes, that's the essence of the problem. But as you know, there's been some, some awful stories about people yeah. waiting for hours. What? Uh, police and fire have been the source of some of these stories. They've said, you know, we responded and we have to stay there until the ambulance arrives. And in some cases, as you know, uh, police and fire were driving people to the hospital because the ambulance never came. And you had ambulances parked 
because of lack of staffing. Right. Um, so it's a it's a real mess, and you know I don't think you minimize that. Uh, yes, uh, the previous government, well, the previous government lost its legislative majority because of all the things, and they lost the last election because of all the things they didn't deal with. So there's plenty of blame to go around. But I think also um, July 18th, circle that day, that's the fourth anniversary of John Horgan becoming premier of British Columbia. Hmm. The uh, we inherited a mass excuse is wearing thin. It really is. Also interesting to note how the door is now open on this whole FIFA World Cup thing for 2026, whereas three years ago they shut it pretty firmly. Yeah, they did. Uh, and the premier addressed that yesterday. He said, well, you know, we were in a minority situation and we'd just taken over and uh, we didn't have a lot of resources and blah, blah, blah. We're, <laughs> we're now, Simi, in a realm where the resource pit, the dollar pit seems to be bottomless. Uh, you know, the, the government, the problem with the way the government has handled the pandemic uh, with unlimited funding for uh, unlimited everything, is it's pretty hard to say, well, we can't afford that because they're affording everything. I I was working it out this morning. We had the Richmond Hospital announcement yesterday. So it's almost a billion dollars. We had, what, $3 billion last week for child care, uh, $4 billion for uh, SkyTrain to Langley. So $8 billion, federal, provincial, local money in the space of less than a week. So, yeah, you can't really say, well, we can't afford uh, to host a bunch of uh, FIFA soccer games uh, when apparently uh, there is unlimited funding for everything. Yeah, we'll see, though, how much money they're going to give up for this one. Uh, All right, thank you for that, Vaughn. Bye-bye, Simi.